this brings us to our final segment, which is Ask Cakewatch. Yeah. Now, with some trepidation, we've asked people to ask Cakewatch things that may be on their mind about Brexit using the hashtag Ask Cakewatch. Um, and we got a few, uh, we got a few, few questions. What we didn't want is sort of Googleable questions about uh, that could be found on the internet and or uh, required, frankly, any work on our part to, to find <laughs> the, find the answer to or knowledge. What, what 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 we thought people would be more yes, in a sort of slightly arrogant way, we thought that people would be more interested in hearing what we reckon about stuff. Um, so the first one, I think, was sent to. Well, um, yeah, it was, what do we like the most about Article 2 of the EU Treaty? Ooh, that's oh, a good one. Oh, that's a good Isn't one. Isn't that a great question? That is exactly the kind of question we oh. want, guys, so please. Well, we could do episode four about that if we wanted, except Cake Watchers is a fundamentally negative podcast and this would be a positive <laughs> thing. So, uh, could, you read, could you read out, do you happen to have the text of Article 2 of the Treaty? Just so happens that I have it right here, actually, Steve. Ha! Um, I fooled you. I was gonna. I thought Chris would make out he could actually remember. He he was such a European that he knew off, off by heart Article Two. You know, he's wondering he could do some of it. I bet. Well, I used. To, I I probably there was a time when I might have been able to do that when I did the Concord, which is the competition to join the EU institutions, which is essentially a which is essentially a test of how much you can remember about the EU in a different language. Yeah. So in when was when did I do it? Nineteen ninety three. I did the Concord. <laughs> Christ. Well, two years before I went to university. Before most of you were born. Yeah, I was doing shit in my GCSEs at the time. The Union is founded on the values of respect for human dignity, freedom, democracy, equality, the rule of law, and respect for human rights, including the rights of persons belonging to minorities. These values are common to the member states in a society in which pluralism, non-discrimination, tolerance, justice... Solidarity and equality between women and men prevail. What's my favourite thing about that article? I can tell you what my least favourite thing is about that article. Oh, yeah? It's the absence of the Oxford comma after solidarity. I like an Oxford comma as well. I think it improves the clarity of a list. It does, uh, and it's very important as the um, taxpayers of, I think it's Virginia, <gasps> yes. will attest. Yes, there was a case on this, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my least favourite thing about Article 2 of the Treaty of the European Union. My favourite thing about it... Well, I think the kind of phrase, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, but what's not to like about it? I like all of it. So um, actually, what we like most about it is that if you don't like it, you're a... Well, yeah. What's wrong with you if you don't like What's this treaty? Wrong? Thank you. That got me out of another beat moment there. What is wrong with you yeah. if you don't read that and think, yeah, that, that's me. I could sign up to that. That's my values. And, and, of course, the objection to it is that we're bound by it, you know, and we need to get away from being bound by stuff. But if you're bound by that, I mean, you can't have an objection to being bound by that, surely. You can't. Well, I mean, you can. We know because people do. Well, but, the have, re- but the only reason you can have an objection to that is because you you, you, you think one of those things is a bad yeah. thing. You, the only reason that you can read that and think, well, that's that's outrageous, Brussels and the jackboot of Brussels, is because you don't want the jack to respect the human rights. Human rights and, the yeah, jackboot yeah. of human rights upon the neck. Human dignity? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't want any human dignity. The jack freedom. Bo- 
this is always Pol Pot's thing. Pol Pot's thing was always, you know, the jackboot of human rights and human dignity placed upon the neck of, the, of the crazy fucking dictator. Democracy? Yeah. What's next? These Brussels bureaucrats are going to impose democracy on us. <laughs> Non-discrimination? <laughs> there was a great thing by the... Uh, there was, yeah, there was a great quote from the... Uh, uh, what's it called? This new programme, The Mash. Have, I, have we already done this? There's a great quote from The Mash. Um, they were having a go at Reef Mog and uh, uh, they had a quote from him that... Uh, uh, Ah, oh, no, what was the exact... Oh, shit, I'm going to have to... It's had mixed it reviews, to be fair, Steve. I'm going to have to get it for the, for the direct quote. No, but the direct quote was great, and the direct quote was fantastic, and A.C. Grayling retweeted it, and as A.C. Grayling's a moral philosopher, I, t- <laughs> I was quite pleased with that, and I studied moral, moral philosophy. I was pretty pleased. Did you? I did too. Yeah, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's why we can see the benefit of Clause <laughs> no 2. Wonder we're both, no wonder we're all Remainers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we studied this shit. We know. Absolutely. Um... We know what's right and wrong. But yeah, so AC Green retweeted this with something quite right or something like that on it, which I took to, which I was very, very pleased. That ticked a Romaniac box for me. So, yeah, so there was a great quote. <laughs> this reminds me of a great quote uh, from, from last week's Daily Mash, where they were having go at, uh, a right go at uh, Jacob Reef Morgan. They were putting up things he'd, uh, things, things he'd said, you know, quotes and, and so on as inconsistencies um, on the, the bits of Christian faith that compel him to vote. Or against things in the House of Commons. Um, but there was just a brilliant quote, because he'd said that uh, he was unapologetic. And he said repeatedly, actually, that he's unapologetic about his views. And Rachel Paris said, you know who else is unapologetic about their views? All the bad people in history. <laughs> well, it's, up to it's nothing absolutely. to be proud of, Jacob. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't born a right, a right on you know, uh, liberal hippie type. I'm sure I've had views that I would like to apologise for. Throughout, you weren't throughout. born with that beard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, though, you know, I've, I've, I've said things that I would like to, that I have apologised for. If you're a decent and human I have being. Some, I have regrets that I haven't apologised for, some, that I didn't get a chance to apologise for some things I've said. Um, I mean, so, yeah, I just, I thought this was a, this was a, this was a brilliant quote anyway. I, I, I remember in the interview that I did for my civil service fast stream entrance in the second in the sisby do you remember the sisby mm, yeah civil service selection board but at my sisby uh there was a session with an with a with a psychologist oh yeah yeah, yeah. I had and that, yeah. the psychologist asked us or asked me what do you regret and i think I, mean, I, I imagine that what they're trying to do is weed out people that say, oh, regret? I don't regret anything. No, no. Or, the, or the people who, you know, for, well, my, my greatest, my, when people are asked in job interviews about their, their biggest weakness, and they say, well, my biggest weakness work too is sometimes hard. I work too hard. Yeah. Because, you know, I have, a, have, yeah. have too much of a lack of self awareness. <laughs> Mature, balanced human beings are complicated and have done things that they regret. So, you know, don't wave at me the flag of, you know, I I, I, I never apologise. I've got nothing to what. No, that's not something to be proud of. <laughs> that's not something to be proud of. That, that makes just, you, that that makes you a sociopath. You're, you're a fucking arsehole, yeah. Absolutely. No, no, I have... Uh, but but, if, but it's, the, it's, the, it's the fate. The fate of, of different types of people, though. The, the, the people who are most sure about their views never question them and believe absolutely that they're right. The... Um, Tend, tend, tend to have the, tend to have in my experience a lower cha- a much lower chance of being right, whereas people who tend tend to actually have views which are which are 
which are right, um, or based on, based on reality, are, are constantly racked with doubt about themselves, you know? Um, Listen, okay, um, should, you, should no, we move on to the ne- next... No, uh, I, n- I need to finish on this, on, on, on this particular subject. You just... You, you gave me a hook, and I need to hang this quote from W.B. Yeats, his poem, The Second Coming. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Absolutely. If that wasn't written for Brexit. Okay, so I think that was a very good one. TU Article 2, we like everything about. We hold those truths to be self-evident. And we think that there's potentially something wrong with anybody who doesn't. Can we go that far? Yeah. Okay, we've gone that far. So the next one is from Neelius, at Neelius, spelt at Neelius. The word named Neil, and then us. Auf at the end of it, yes. <laughs> Quite interested to know about UK port capacity. Do we have sufficient infrastructure to import everything we need directly into the country? Neilius. Mm. No. no. I talked to somebody. I uh, a friend introduced me to somebody who'd worked at the who'd worked for UK Customs and then for the uh, the International Customs Organization, the ICO. Um, and he's worked on customs for thirty five years. And I asked him that. I asked him basically the exact same question. And he just said, no, of course not, not even remotely, not possible. And I said, if, so if there's no deal, we're in deep trouble. He said, no, no, no. At the end of the transition period, we still couldn't even get near to the capacity for it. So the answer is a very, very emphatic no here. We get the next one. Now, this one, I think this is one for me. Do you want to read the next one? Yeah. I think this is one for me to answer. All right. Notwithstanding the various hoops to be jumped through before we get there, In the event that Scotland achieves independence, how would an application to join the EU be received, asks Rick Campbell. Well, there's a short answer and a long answer to this. Um, I should declare an interest here that I am a member of the SNP. And I joined after Brexit, because I think that the six million EU citizens in Scotland should be able to save themselves and their EU citizenship if they so desire, having voted actually overwhelmingly against it. Um, So... The, the short answer is that Scotland would have to, would cease to be a member of the EU and it would have to apply in the same way, in the same way in inverted commas, as uh, anybody else applying for the EU. However, partly because of the, partly because of the transition period, there's a way to, there are ways to do this in which the, I believe that Scotland would never actually leave the, fully leave the, the single market. So you'd have a situation where uh, there's a Scottish independence referendum, say, at the end of, towards, the end of the, towards the end of this year, after the deal is known, as Nicola Sturgeon said. Um, a transition period start, and that, uh, the vote is for, is for Scottish independence. Um, at that point, Scotland then has essentially two years of the transition period where... Uh, it would remain part of the single market before independence. It can choose the date of independence, where it would remain a member of, as the UK does, as a member of the single market and the, and the customs union. And in that time, it would negotiate a pre-accession treaty, which would be based on previous pre-accession treaties, uh, such as the Stabilisation Association Pact for, agreements for the for the Western Balkans. And what they do for a pre-accession country is that they give um, almost complete access to the to the the, the single market. Um, and I think that that, that in a pre-accession uh, in, in a pre-accession context could be extended 
to uh, to customs union stuff of as well. That's not absolutely clear, but certainly certain on the single market uh, could be. And then, uh, in a sense, it doesn't matter how long accession then takes because uh, the pre-accession process begins then, but the worst effects of leaving the EU are already mitigated at that point. Not all of them, but the worst, but the worst effects. Um, and, of course, Scotland at that point will also have an in- independent immigration policy and so on, so it could institute freedom of movement instantly if it wanted to for, uh, for EU citizens and, and so on. So it could avoid really many of the, almost all, I would say, of the, of the worst effects um, of, of it. Um, but I still don't think it would take very long to join because joining is about convergence and it's about meeting convergence criteria. Um, and Scotland would be beginning from a point of convergence. As the government keep telling us, we're beginning from a point of convergence. And Scotland would be beginning from a point of convergence. The difficulty would be is if there isn't a, if there isn't a transition period, then convergence would potentially begin immediately um, because the UK government could, con- in non-devolved matters, could, could diverge very quickly. Um, or if uh, if independence didn't happen until after that, they'd be in the they'd be in the same same situation. So the idea is to uh, uh, that it could that it could it couldn't it couldn't avoid leaving the EU, but it could uh, appear to have effectively avoided joining the EU, uh, leaving the EU. And I think an important thing here is that the much mooted sort of Spanish veto, um, even notwithstanding the uh, notwithstanding Catalonia, the Spanish now see. Scottish independence as entirely different to Catalonia. They don't see it as a comparable thing since the referendum. They see that Scotland voted for Europe. They say they see that uh, independence now would be about affirming its commitment to to, to Europe as well. Um, and they've they've been pretty. Spanish Foreign Minister uh, earlier this year was pretty clear that there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a veto on on Scottish joining, but even if there were, Scotland would end up in this sort of pre-accession limbo. Which is the same as being in the sing- which is the same as being in the single market, and they would have avoided the worst of the harms that uh, that the rest of the UK would be subject to by a, a non single market and customs union exit. I might put this separately as like Scot- Scottish Scottish ca- 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 but the person to follow on this is Kirsty Hughes on Twitter of the uh, uh, Scottish Centre for European Relations. She's absolutely outstanding on this. She's actually slightly less optimistic than me about it, but she is an absolutely outstanding follower. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That. You know, this this is not my this is not my um, my area of expertise, and it's, it's or not your my, desired outcome. It's <laughs> not my flight. No, I mean, listen. I mean, I I I, I did write a blog post where uh, I oh. I advocated. I mean, I said that I would be supportive of Scottish independence, um, and 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 I'm on I'm on I'm on record. For that, because I mean, I, I think that that you know, within um, within a European Union, um, it makes sense to me. Yeah, on on all sorts of levels. I've never but, been against it, but the but, but the referendum the referendum made me actively for it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. This is actually a really good question. You could almost do a whole podcast on this one. This is from uh, Ed Roth, uh, Ed A Roth, at at Ed. A. I'm not very good at doing Ed's, Ed's a good follow. Ed's a very good follow. Uh, what do you mean by federal Europe? What does the EU mean by federal Europe, if different? Steve, what do you I'm, think Lima's mean? I'm going to stop you right there. Are we going to do this? We're going to do that as do a separate that. podcast. I think, yeah, I think we should do We, we can't even get into I that really, I really think that's worth a separate podcast. Yes. And it picks up on Chris's brilliant point, which I think is going to be a recurring point throughout the podcasts, I sense, about language. So we're going to do that. Yes. We're going to do that next time. 
Okay, but these were very, very good questions. I mean, we've got questions there that we can do entire podcasts. Yeah. So this is this is really good. Yeah. So thank you very, very much for the questions. Um, and these are, I think, on the whole, exactly the kind of questions we were hoping very to get, so. actually, as well. So thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Uh, so thank you. 